And on the line, we have former boxing heavyweight champion, WBO IBC champion, Tommy the Duke Morrison. Tommy, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, you're welcome, man. I uh, always enjoy, uh, you know, uh, getting on people's radio shows and talking about things that mean something to people, you know. Well, something you've been talking a lot about is uh, something that ended your boxing career, which we'll go into later, is uh, back in 1996, you were diagnosed with HIV. Uh, That's correct. You know, I mean, uh, there was a lot of squirrely uh, things going on back then. It sounded uh, to me, after all these years and reflecting on it, that... uh, uh, you know, something something happened. Well, um, well let's get that, you know, that a little bit. Let's get that into that a little bit because we have so many people who have submitted questions all week long. So many things they want to hear about your boxing career before we even go into that. Now, Tommy, I got a quick question okay. for you. You got, the, you got the nickname the Duke. I'm saying there's a. Are you? Is that because you like I saw a rumor that you're related? You may be related some way to John Wayne. Yeah, John is Wayne is uh, is my great uncle and his great great nephew. Okay. Did you ever get a chance to meet him? No, I, I never got a chance to meet him, but my parents and grandparents did. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I don't know, I think six or seven, you know, when he died, so. All right, well, Barbara Clay that... went to, uh, go ahead. One thing we found out about you is uh, that you were in a lot of tough man competitions, and I knew that about your career, but I didn't know that you were only 13 years old going in there with a fake ID. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, I started. Uh, I had to quit school after the eighth grade. Uh, my mother and father were, you know, pretty much in each other, you know, in and out of each other's lives for for years. But I guess uh, he finally uh, decided to leave. And when he did, it created a money situation at home. Um, you know, we had to eat, basically. So I I quit school after the eighth grade and moved out to uh, uh, Woodward, Oklahoma, which is out in the uh, western panhandle. Uh, worked on an oil rig for a couple of weeks and got a job on a construction site. And uh, I was out of school for about a year. And during that time I was out, my mother went... Uh, she she was a nurse for years, but you know her license had expired, and uh, she got her license back, which allowed me, you know, the opportunity to come back to school. Uh, of course, I was a year behind all my friends, and you know all that sort of thing. But I've never been, you know, the type of individual that would let something like that bother me or hold me back. So, uh, and it actually kind of helped me in sports. You know, give me another year to mature and get bigger, faster, and stronger. I'm assuming you're you're fighting guys that are twice, three times your age at that point. With a lot of experience. Yeah. How did? Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's the key right there. Is that uh, they don't have any experience. I already had like six or seven years uh, experience of amateur boxing. Uh, and, you know, all these guys are on drugs when they crawl through the, you know, and they go out there and they shoot their watch, you know, they'll uh, <laughs> come at you hard for 30 seconds and, you know, then they can't hold their hands up. And uh, it's time to go to work, you know. Yeah. So I fought in 22 of them 
uh, all together. Uh, won them all except one. I ended up running into uh, uh, you know to another ex ringer from Muskogee, Oklahoma, which I knew. Uh, it was a decorated amateur. His name was Mark Breedlove, and he was obviously you know bigger, faster, stronger, uh, more mature. Uh, you know, so he kind of pushed me around a little bit, but I ended up losing the split decision to him, and and that was the only one I ever lost. Actually, wow. uh, I actually even fought my uh, <laughs> fought my older brother a couple of times in the tough man competitions. Yeah, in the finals of a cup, man, of two of them, uh, we fought each other. Yeah. Wow. Was that difficult to do, though? Were you, were you close with each other growing up? Or uh, was that... Well, yeah, but, you know, business is business. You know, <laughs> I mean, he, uh, he thinks, uh, you know, I think he's always carried that around with him. Uh, I think I bugged him. <laughs> you know, that his uh, 13-year-old brother beat him uh, with 15 once and 13 this you know, the time before that. So uh, I can see as a, you know, a 19, 20-year-old uh, big brother that might be a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah I can only imagine. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yep. I was yeah. in it to win it, brother. <laughs> well, you talked about amateur <laughs> career. You had a, a crazy amateur career. Is this true? The amateur record is 343 yeah, I, uh, wins? No, 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 no. I was 222 and 20. Jesus. I had about, uh, I think I had like 19 Golden Glove titles. and uh, You know, back then, uh, things were different. You know, it was called, if you're familiar with the AAU. Mm-hmm. Now it's uh, USAABF. Uh, you know, it's all pretty much like uh, boxing at the professional level, it's everything's politics and uh, you know nothing's fun anymore. Yeah. You always got all these uh, you know these assholes that think they think they're running shit, and all they do pretty much is muddy the water. Um, well, not long after you came into professional boxing, you landed the role of Tommy Gunn in Rocky Five. How did you land the role, and what was it like working with Sly? Well, it, it was awesome working with him. Uh, in '89, I had a uh, number of fights on uh, ESPN. Every two weeks, mm-hmm. I was fighting, and uh, you know they'd been looking for somebody, and they had auditioned like over 650 people for that part, and his brother. I don't know if you're familiar with Frank. One hell of a musician. Uh, Anyway, he was sitting at home uh, watching uh, ESPN, you know. And I happened to fight that night and knocked the guy out. uh, Probably in pretty spectacular fashion, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, he he called his brother and says, uh, I think I found your guy. You know, he saw me in an after-fight interview, saw that I could, you know, talk in complete sentences, which uh, <laughs> not, not many of them can, and it, it went from there. You know, I got, uh, I had another fight two weeks later in, 
in Jacksonville, Florida. And before the fight, my manager, who at the time was uh, Bill Caden, uh, called me down in the lounge the night before the fight. And he showed me a letter who uh, was written to, uh, well, it was written to me, but uh, they sent it to him uh, from uh, a guy named John Avelson, okay. who was the director uh, of the uh, original uh, first Rocky movie. Okay. Uh, wanted me to come out for a, what they call a reading. And they wanted me to come out, uh, you know, the next night was a fight and come out, uh, you know, the morning after that. So that's where I went. I flew out there and uh, met the director, uh, met one of the producers, and uh, worked with a stuntman for, you know, about 20, 30 minutes, you know, to uh, give and take punches and, uh, you know, that sort of thing so that, uh, you know, fight scenes would look realistic. So uh, I went through that. And they sent me back home. Uh, they sent an acting coach home with me. And I worked with him for every day for two weeks. And then I had another fight, I think, in Phoenix. And went out there and fought. And the next day went out for uh, what they call a screen test. You know, with the lights, camera, you know, Stallone, makeup, you know, all that, all that garbage. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, you know, we went to a, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember the scene out of the L train. Uh, you know, where I come to him and said, man, you, you know, yep. you're all I've got. Mm-hmm. You remember that scene? Absolutely. Yeah. I know the yeah. movie by heart. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the one, uh, that's the one we did. They, they, you know, took me back home. And uh, I guess about two weeks later, uh, I came in from the gym. Back then, I had like 19 fights in 1989. Every yep. two weeks, I was fighting uh, on ESPN. Yeah, I stayed busy because I, you know, as we were talking a while ago, I came from uh, the tough end circuit. I didn't have, uh, you know, the advantage of uh, fighting international competitions like the Bubs and Lewis's and Mercer's. And, uh, you know, so I was uh, playing catch up to these guys pretty much. Yeah, I went home and I came home from the gym and uh, my message was blinking and hit the message and it was long. said, you know, we've uh, auditioned over 650 people uh, for this part and we just couldn't find the right guy, but we believe, uh, you know, uh, the producer and director and him uh, were all in agreement and that they thought I was a man for the job. And uh, so that's how it all got started. That's Pretty cool. amazing, how really. Much, how much did you make on that movie? How much money? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, how much did you make for that film? Was it a flat fee? Did you get royal? Uh, how does that work? Well, it was a three-movie contract. Uh, you know, not much, hundred grand. Okay. Uh, but they also gave me $2,500 a week. Uh, what they call per diem, mm-hmm. and you know, so 
Uh, I would say about 150000 is probably what I made for, uh, you know, of course, it went way over budget, and something that was supposed to take uh, three months ended up taking six. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the film, you know, we had to uh, uh, shut down because there was, you know, some discrepancies and some disagreements. And so we took a month off and then came back uh, for another three months, finished it up. Now, Tommy, during I'm saying, was it also true that during the time of filming that you actually broke a stuntman's jaw in his orbital socket? Or <laughs> is there any truth to that? <laughs> uh, solid, yeah, there man. was. Uh, well, I mean, you got to keep in mind that these guys, even though they're stuntmen, you know they're, uh, you know, used to uh, rolling around, falling, but they're not used to getting hit in the face. You know, that's oh, that, that's a big difference. I mean, right. you're, you know, your body, uh, regardless of what you're doing, uh, you have to get conditioned for it. You know, I you know these guys uh, wake up every day and get punched in the face. You know, so they're obviously, uh, uh, you know, they're, uh, <laughs> their faces or orbit bones, I end up crushing this guy's orbit bone. Didn't uh, do it on purpose. Oh. Another guy... Uh, <laughs> broke his jaw but they were you know they were only like uh, a bunch of pussies yeah but you know they're only about 40-50% of our power yeah but uh, again these guys uh, you know uh, they've never been hit before I was going to say I don't think there's there's an adequate way to train your orbital socket not to get broken though you know especially with a Tommy Morrison punch and his prime at 50% (laughs) 10% you know the only way the only way to uh, get used to taking a punch is taking a punch (laughs) you know what I mean I mean I get in there being as active and as busy as I was then I was sparring all the time you know Mm -hmm. Uh, if you don't spar, I mean sparring uh, and running, uh, there is no substitute for those uh, for those two things. I don't well, care what anybody tells you. Uh, there's no substitute for sparring and running. <laughs> a lot of people try to cut corners. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the black athletes, they have, uh, you know. A lot more what they call fast twist, uh, fast twist muscle fiber than we do, mm-hmm. and they have a superior uh, athletic ability. But what they all have is a weak kicker. <laughs> they have our problem. You know what I mean? So you're and saying black boxes one, have a weak ticker? <laughs> they, they don't have any heart, dude. That's what I'm saying. You know, and uh, if, you, if you ever hurt one, you own him. Jesus. And I've hurt quite a few, fellas. <laughs> well, speaking of hurting a couple of fellas, uh, 28-0 record before you fought Ray Mercer. You beat George Foreman for the WBO championship. Uh, you fought Lennox Lewis. How close were you to a fight with Mike Tyson? That was the one I always wanted to see when I was younger. The Great White Hope against Mike Tyson. You know what? I had just signed a uh, uh, $38.5 million contract. 
It's a three fight contract with uh, with Don King. Uh, as a matter of fact, the very first of those three fights uh, was the one uh, when I was supposed to fight uh, Stormy Weathers in Vegas. Uh, when they sent me to take a test and uh, what started all this uh, uh, this this fraud uh, that uh, kicked me out of the sport. Now, what you're referring to is in 96 when your uh, boxing career got sh- cut short due to a blood test coming back HIV positive from the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Did now, you know they, that... Uh, how did they well, inform we'll get into that, that later. Yeah, how did Pardon they inform me? you that? How did they inform you that well, you Well, this is the weird part. You know, when, when someone flunks a test... Uh, they give you, uh, you know, there's three different tests on the market that they've been using for, uh, you know, 30 years. One's the ELISA, uh, one's the PCR, and the other one's the Western blot. Well, I took a Western blot and failed it. Well, protocol is for them to give you a confirmatory test. The, the ELISA has a confirmatory test. They never offered me anything. I tested, and I never saw anything that said I flunked it. I'm in my hotel room. Uh, you know, what happened, I I went and got something to eat, like I normally do. Mm-hmm. And I went for, uh, you know, a little stroll out on the uh, out on the strip, walk off my meal, which is what I did every time. Came back to my... Uh, Come back to my room. My message light was blinking. So I picked it up, and it was my promoter uh, up in his suite. And he said, "You need to come up here. We're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna make sure everybody has everything. We have a little meeting, and we'll head over." I said, "Okay, I'll see you in five, You know. So uh, I went up there, and knocked on the door. Uh, I can't remember. I think my trainer opened it. And immediately, you know, the looks on everybody's face was just fucked up. I'm sorry. No, you can, you can, no, you can say, say whatever you want, here, man. It's all good. Okay. And I knew immediately that something was wrong. I figured my opponent pulled out. You know, I mean, you know, could have been a number of different things. Uh, and Tony Holden, who was my uh, promoter, said, Tommy, I don't know... Uh, I don't know any other way to tell you this than just come out and tell you. He said, you uh, you fucked your medical exam. They said you tested positive for HIV. He said, now, the media swarming all over the hotel. we got to get you out of here. Uh, I'm like, you know, my head's swirling. Anyhow, they took me down to some elevator shop out the back door and, like, and took me to the airport. My trainer was with me. He lived in Atlanta uh, at the time, but when we hit Atlanta, uh, you know, he went home. And I had to hit a couple more uh, cities before I got, you know, back to Tulsa. Tulsa is uh, an international airport. And I think I ended up landing around 2.30 or 3. And I'm walking through the airport. Didn't have any luggage. They said, just go. We'll bring it to you later. Which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, nobody ever uh, called me, showed me. There was no second test. 
no confirmatory test. Uh, it's like, okay, uh, uh, you can't fight anymore ever. Get the fuck out of town, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hit Tulsa. Like I said, it was about 2.30 or 3 in the morning. I can't remember exactly. So you're by and yourself this whole time thinking that you, by that, you know, you're by yourself. Yeah. They just told you you have HIV. What's running through your mind at that point? Well, my whole team, you know, which is about seven or eight other people, stayed there to watch the fight. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought that was weird. My trainer went with me, uh, but, you know, he got off at Atlanta, and uh, anyway, walked through the airport about 3 o'clock, and, you know, I had a, had a cap on, and I walked past one of those little bars or whatever that's in the airport, and, you know, and there were about 30, 40 people all gathered around the TV, and I looked up on the TV, and it was me. I was on there. So I just kind of pulled down my hat and went, you know, went on. So that's, uh, that's how I was, uh, uh, you know, excommunicated from a sport that that I obviously helped make popular. Now, at that point, do, do all your, how do your friends, your family react? Do they alienate themselves from you? Are they scared? That uh, At that point, it was 1996, and, you know, AIDS wasn't, uh, even though, they you know, AIDS was in the forefront, what was really known about HIV and AIDS is not the same as what's known now. Did you, you know, uh, did they you alienate know, people, themselves? People, people didn't even know what it was back then. You know, you, you mention HIV to somebody, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, but uh, fortunately, you know, I had, uh, I went into a Walmart store one time and came out, and uh, somebody be, had, had put in these little bitty cards, almost like a, you know, a small fire type, uh, you know, type thing, all over everybody's window. So I reached out and got it and, you know, started looking at it and started talking. Uh, you know, it had a picture of a guy named Dr. Richard Wilner from Spain. And he was injecting himself with HIV positive blood. Well, on the back, there, yeah. Hey, guys. When we get into this here in a minute, uh, you're going to be blown away. HIV uh, does exist. Uh, you know, they, the government created it all through propaganda. I mean, there's not one doctor on the face of the planet that can show you, me, the neighbor, Scooby-Doo, uh, Jimmy Crack Corn, you know, can show you a picture of what this virus looks like. Now, on the uh, on the internet, they do have uh, you know a couple pictures of some computer generated uh, you know picture of HIV, and it's a beautiful picture. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of fluorescent colors, and, uh, but there's a process that you know before a disease is accepted. Uh, you know, into, uh, you know, the medical, uh, whatever, uh, they, they've, uh, there's a seven step process, you know, they have to go through to isolate, you know, uh, a virus. 
Well, Dr. Robert Gallo. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yep, I know who he is. Have you? Yeah. Yep. Well, he's, uh, well I, I call him the inventor because he discovers shit. Uh, <laughs> but he damn sure invented it. But anyhow, on, I don't know, four or five different occasions, uh, he tried to put it through, uh, you know, the seven-step uh, purification isolation process. And uh, each time in step number three, it just fell apart. You know, so this is a theory uh, that's never been proven. No one has ever seen uh, an HIV. Um, and the reason why is because it doesn't exist. They were taking all kinds of crap, trying to, uh, you know, they started out with, uh, what, what was it, babe? Uh, the disease, uh, leukemia, right? Yeah, took leukemia, uh, mix some of that in there, a little duck shit, a little, little pig urine, you know, trying to get, because they can manipulate something if it's there, if it's alive. You know, they can manipulate and get to do pretty much what they want. Uh, but this is just like somebody spit a loogie in, in a petri dish, you know. There was nothing live in there. It's crazy. Now, but when you're in that situation where they tell you, okay, you have HIV, do you instantaneously, as soon as you get home, go to a doctor, get another test? Did that happen right well, away? Well, a couple of days later it did. I had to have a big press conference and get up there and say a bunch of bullshit that I didn't believe. You know, it was all simply because I found that flyer on my window. You know, talking about, I mean, on on one side of it, they got uh, this doctor injecting himself with HIV-positive uh, blood. And that was in Spain. Did you ever hear about anything like that over here? Nope. I, I hadn't. Nope. No, that's a you know, I mean, uh, and then, I mean, there, it, you know, it would take me three days to tell you everything that uh, has transpired since 1996. Mm-hmm. I mean, but strange things, weird things. Did, did, you, did you take another test right away? Was that something that was done? And was that confirmed? That it yeah, was a couple of days later, I point? went to Tulsa. But by then, see, this is a... Uh, this is a government thing. You know, I mean, they're they're killing people. They get them into uh, their office. They give them these tests. Well, if you'll read the, you know, the disclaimer on every one of them, and how many of them are there? 33 different tests. And you read the disclaimer on each one of them, and it clearly says that, uh, that these tests... Do not pick up uh, HIV or the presence of any active or non-active virus. It says it right there. Wow. Well, yeah, it's, I, I guess uh, it, it keeps getting I, deeper. I, I mean, you know, we've been trying to get hold of uh, Robert Gallo mm-hmm. uh, for the last 343 days. And he no will not return our phone call. All these tests that they're giving people, 
Not a damn one of them is FDA approved. The meds that they give you, antiviral drugs, that's what's killing people. Have you taken any of the the antiviral drugs? Well, when I was in prison, I had a little stint in prison, and they told me, you got to take these. If you don't, you're not going on. So I took it for about 14 months while I was in uh, in the joint. And uh, they tell me how great I was doing. Uh, but every time I would cough, stand up too quick, shake someone's hand too hard, sneeze, I'd just shit all over myself. It's like I was walking around. Uh, yeah, they're telling me how great I'm doing. You know, they die, people die of these toxic meds. You know, the symptoms, uh, if you get, take any one of these medications, take out the little paper in the bottle and read what the, you know, the side effects of the medication is, uh, well, it's, uh, it matches word for word for the side effects of uh, AIDS medication. Wow. You know, test to check up, the, and here's something else. The, you know, all these tests they have on the market, uh, they also detect up to 80 other uh, contagious ailments, lupus, diabetes, you know, et cetera. Huh? Non-contagious, I'm sorry. Well, lupus well, that- is contagious, isn't it? Okay, I guess. <laughs> well, at that point, uh, though, when you get first get diagnosed, one of the things you said in that press conference, and I know you said it was bullshit before, is that you lived a fast and reckless lifestyle that included unprotected sex with multiple partners. At that point, A, did you have a girlfriend, and B, at that point, um, did you have anyone come to you and say that they contracted HIV from you? Have you ever had that conversation with anyone? No. No, and, and that, you know, that, that was a concern of mine. Uh, I didn't think my phone would ever stop ringing. Uh, you know, and I got around back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, no, you, you can't pass it. It's impossible. Well, first of all, let's back up a little bit. You cannot give somebody something you don't have. And you damn sure can't give somebody something that doesn't exist. You know, but let me get back to the point I was fixing to make about uh, about these tests. There's 80 other uh, contagious ailments, uh, you know, uh, that can cause a false positive. Uh, you know, if you have fungus on your feet, which uh, I don't know. Uh, I've never seen a fighter that doesn't have fungus on their feet because, uh, you know, you're in boxing boots all day sweating and, and I've had a fungus on my feet uh, right out of the womb. <laughs> you know? And also, sinus infection. Let me finish. Point did, so you can understand this. Go ahead. You know, I have fungus on my feet. What else do I have? Huh? Yeah, I had, uh, you know, I've had a 
uh, what I thought was allergies, but the doctor told me I've had, uh, you know, a sinus infection since birth. Uh, my dad hooked on nasal spray, and, you know, he obviously passed it on to me. You know, and, and uh, again, let's keep in mind that, you know, even the pharmaceutical companies write in their disclaimers, it does not detect HIV infection. And okay. you happen to look up what one looks like, it's a beautiful picture. You know, it's something I'd throw on my wall if I uh, could find poster size. <laughs> but anyhow, this is uh, this is all the biggest form of bullshit uh, you've ever seen. You know, but we've been making some headway. People are starting, you know, and yeah, what's amazing to me you know how timing, timing is everything. I heard that when I was younger. I didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. But now I do. Uh, you know, back then I was talking about this stuff. Let me tell you an amazing story. Still to this day, I have no idea how this happened. But anyhow, the next day after, you know, let's see, I went to Vegas, flew home. And the very next night, right? Mm-hmm. It was about 4.30 in the morning. I couldn't sleep, so I made a pot of coffee. Now, at this particular time, I lived about 20 miles out in the country, in the middle of nowhere, had a security gate. You go to the security gate, take this little blacktop road about another half mile uh, on up to my house. Well... It's about 4.30 in the morning. I made some coffee, uh, made me a cup of coffee, went out, uh, and sat in this big wicker chair that was on my front porch. And I'm sitting there just kind of, you know, wondering what my life's going to be like now. Uh, even though at that particular point, I still didn't believe it because of what I read, found, uh, you know, the little uh, card or whatever that I found underneath um, my windshield wiper at the store. Uh, and I'm sitting there drinking my coffee, and I look down, and there's a brown, uh, plain package laying on my porch. All right, I've got five, six dogs. I've got two cougars, a leopard. I've got, you know, three monkeys. I mean, nobody can, uh, can even get close to that place without these animals going wild, right? Yep. But they did. Here's this package. Well, I pick it up, open it, and on the, this is amazing. On the cover of this book is the exact same picture that I saw uh, on the little card underneath uh, my windshield, right underneath my wiper. The wow. book was called Deadly Deception by Dr. Richard Wilner, the guy's from Spain. Uh, this book is blackballed in the United States. It's actually against law uh, you know, to have it in your possession. Anyhow, I went in and I read it. And I was, uh, I was amazed at what I was reading. So the next day I went out and hit, I don't know, four or five different bookstores. Uh, you know, got uh, one book called Rogers Recovery from AIDS. Uh, about a guy that, you know, 
uh, came home from Vietnam. He was just, you know, over there smoking. You know, all those dudes did truckloads of drugs. I mean, that's pretty much what that war was all about anyway. But anyway, I read that book, went out and got about, I don't know, about six or eight other books uh, regarding that subject, uh, Red Mall. And they all come to the same conclusion. This is all bullshit. No one's ever seen the virus. Uh, you know, no one's ever isolated it. Uh, so this is uh, our government has convinced society. You know, people people believe what they see on TV and they believe what they read. That's how they manipulate and control all of society. When's the last time you took an HIV test and how did it come out? I took one just the other day, the day before yesterday. Did it still come you know, out positive? Something else. Pardon me? Did it still come out positive? Yeah, okay, let me... Well, let me let me explain the protocol first. Okay. If you if you take a, a the first test and you fail it, well, they give you a, a confirmatory test, right? Right. And if you fail it, then uh, you know they start telling you you got some problems. Uh, I took the I took the first test and they said I failed it, but confirmatory test I passed. So it should have been the end of it, but it wasn't. The doctor starts, oh, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. The drugs are different these days. Uh, got a good uh, infectious disease uh, doctor for you at uh, uh, Tennessee, you know, the University of Tennessee, uh, you know, uh, which I knew was going to happen uh, when I walked in there. But it should have been the end of it. Even though I passed the confirmatory test, which tells you that you're perfectly fine, he still was trying to push me uh, to go to this infectious disease doctor who uh, would uh, uh, probably at two or three days after that uh, started to kill me because that's what kills anybody is the highly toxic, uh, you know, uh, these antivirals that they give people. Right, similar to how, like... Um... It's, a, it's the grossest, uh, most negligent, uh, fucked-up story. Uh, you know, I'm sitting on uh, one of the greatest stories never told. You know, anyone that does not believe me in all the thing uh, that, I'm, that I'm talking about, I mean, it, you know, I'd like to have somebody out there listen call Robert Gallo, you know, the inventor of this. And I've been asking for for 346 days. I said, I'll take a test in front of the world. But, but give me a test that picks up HIV. Uh, you know, don't give me a test that picks up lupus and, uh, you know, uh, if you got hemorrhoids or not. You know, I mean, you know, I don't need that. Show me a test that picks up uh, HIV, and I'll take it in front of the world. Well, well what, they don't have a test that, they, that does. One thing that they the did Kansas not have City, a test. Kansas City Star reported that when I guess they had uh, ran a story on you, 
and they, they interviewed you, and they said that you look superficially healthy, but that your skin is sagging, reflexes are slow, and that you had lesions on your hands. Is that inaccurate? Well, I had, no. Yeah, it's inaccurate. No, I got a few scratch marks uh, uh, on my arms uh, from a, an allergic reaction to uh, medication. Uh, that I mean, you know, it was a generic uh, type of medication, and, uh, uh, you know, when you read the disclaimer there, it, it makes you itch from, like, the inside out. Uh, wow. So I scratched my arms up a little bit. Uh, my skin sack, you know, okay, let's... Let's, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, uh, let's keep in mind that I'm 42 now, uh, not 21. Uh, you take any 21-year-old and then, uh, you know, catch up to him when he's 42, uh, come on, man. He's going to look different. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. What am I supposed to my fucking Superman? <laughs> uh, you know, am I supposed to... Uh, uh, even, Tommy age. Morrison even Tommy Morrison ages. Even Tommy Morrison ages. Even Tommy Morrison ages, but you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Damn, guys, I'm a lot better looking today. <laughs> well, speaking of which, um, do you have a long-term girlfriend well. now? Is that what we hear? Pardon me? Long-term girlfriend? Is that what we're hearing? No, I'm married, dude. Oh, you're married? Yeah. So, yeah, we got married. Do you have unprotected sex? You know, let me, uh, let me, t pardon me? Do you have unprotected sex? Unprotected sex? Oh, dude, I've been having unprotected sex, uh, you know, sex, uh, you know, since 1989 when all this, uh, you know, when I got into, uh, actually it was 88, November 10th of 1988 is when has I had she, my, uh... Has she ever tested positive for HIV? No, she's never tested positive for HIV. Wow. Let me do. This. So that should be that should be proof. Okay, of the I got, right there. Uh, got another story. <laughs> uh, this is amazing. You know, we were talking to this doctor, and he had this, uh, you know, this. Uh, I don't know what kind of dog it was. It was high priced, you know, one of them, and uh, supposedly. Uh, well, actually, it's fact. Uh, his dog has HIV. Okay, now let's back up a little bit. HIV, you know what that stands for? Human. <laughs> the H is human. Human immune virus. <laughs> uh, now, how could a dog get human immune virus? Wow, that's a good question. That's a good question. It's a damn have, good question. I got another funny it's a question human, for you. It's a human virus. Uh, what, what did you say? No, I, I got another question that I had read that in an interview, you had said that you can teleport yourself and regrow limbs. Is that true? Well, I've never regrew a body limb, but... Science has proven who had the ability, you know, to do that. And I think, uh, yeah, I did uh, uh, had a uh, very, very strange experience one night. Now let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Back in the biblical days, you know, they built these palaces that were 
dude, they were astronomical. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Without a crane, without anything. How do you think they did it? Who knows? I mean, they had these stones. One stone on a pyramid would take 400 people to move. I mean, how do you think they did it? I'll tell you how they did it. They did it with, uh, you know, uh, what they call telekinesis. You know, people move things with their mind. You know, they, I've always heard, been told, uh, you know, your mind's the strongest thing you have. Yep. Now, science has proven that we have the ability to regrow body limits. But back then, we, you know, we used 80% of our mind. You know, back before sin entered this planet, people used 100% of their mind. Can you even imagine that? I mean, Einstein, I think it was like 12%. And, uh, you know, he's the reason we have uh, nuclear weapons that, uh, you know, that, that could destroy the planet. I don't stop. I see there being some kind of nuclear thing going off at some point, but I don't. I don't believe, you know, that it's, it's going to be uh, the whole planet. You know, the Bible talks about uh, uh, people's eyes, uh, you know, consuming in their sockets. That sounds like a nuclear blast to me. Uh, but I'm not going to get into that. Even though I'm, a, you know, a student of the Bible, and I love reading, I love reading spiritual books, I love uh, you know, getting other people's perspective. And, uh, you know, I just love to educate, my, educate myself um, spiritually, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you said you had a funny story about the uh, trans- teleporting yourself. What, what is that? No, I didn't say it was funny. Uh, oh, you said it was funny. Well, I was, in a, uh, I was supposed to meet uh, my dad at okay. this uh, little CD. Uh, you know, it was a real seedy fucking place. I mean, it was about midnight or whatever. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm one of those type of people that feel things. You know, I I just feel certain things. Anyhow, I walked in, and there was only about three or four people sitting, you know, back in a booth uh, in the back left-hand corner. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as I walked up, I smelled... Uh, I smelled gunpowder. You know, like somebody, something had just happened in there. Is the point I'm trying to make. Okay. And and when I walked in, these guys were looking at me, and immediately I knew that they knew what I knew. And at that point, I lowered my head and I started praying. Because I knew I'd walked up on something. I didn't know what, didn't want to know what. Uh, Somebody's just been killed. Uh, this is the way I took it. And I started praying when I opened my eyes and was standing outside on, you know, on the curb in front of this place. I'm like, wow. You know, so I believe in uh, things that most people don't have the ability uh, to believe in. In order to believe in some of the things that I believe in, 
you know, you would have had to uh, at least research, study on. Uh, otherwise, if something like that happened, uh, people, you know, say, "Oh boy, that was queaky dink." You know, uh, things happen to people all the time. They don't. They don't have any idea what just happened to them. You know, but if you can connect to things like that, and you've read about it, you've researched it, you talk to other people about it, uh, it's uh, you know, it's like weapons and uh, and tools uh, that we have available to us all around us, uh, but nobody knows how to get to. They can't get the toolbox of them because they've never uh, asked God uh, to show. Uh, you know, uh, to enlighten them right. uh, on uh, all the spiritual weapons that they do have. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm really into that sort of thing. I love it. You know, and and it's all a form of preparation. You know, if you sit together when uh, all this happens. Uh, you know, there's going to be people that, you know, put it off, put it off, and, uh, you know, and when things start going crazy, which will happen because they're going to legalize drugs for everybody. Yeah, you know, it's the only way they can fight the cartels. It's to legalize uh, every kind of drug. You just get it from a, uh, from a doctor. Doctors are going to become... Our drug dealer. No. That's what's coming. You know, I mean, it ain't rocket science, none of this shit. But <laughs> well, we we have a ton of people that are dying to talk to you. A ton of people on our phone lines right now. So let's take some phone calls. Uh, we have Mac from Long Island, New York. Mac, you're on the line. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Mac, what's going on, question? Max? Hey, what's up? Hey, Tommy, I just wanted to ask you something. If, uh, yeah. well, first off, I want to go on the record and tell you about that book. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I really agree. I, I mean, uh, about that book, how can the United States, who believes in freedom of speech, ban a book? I, I don't understand. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh I'm well, not a, a scientist. Pardon me? Well, you said it. Well, I'm, hey, dude, uh, I'm not denying that I said it. I'm just, you asked me, how can they do that? I'm like, oh, well, I, don't I don't know how they can do it. I just want to go on the record and say, Obama, Obama's a black man. I'd like, I'd like to punch him in the ticker, too. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's a uh, line of people that would uh, that would love to do that. But he, you know, he fits your agenda. I'm not going to sit here and talk all night about uh, about government conspiracies and uh, you know, and I'm you know I'm right in the middle of one of them. The whole HIV thing is the biggest uh, it's a, it's the biggest medical fraud in the last 500 years. Plain and simple. Uh, we got Angelique from California. Angelique, you're on the line. Hi, Tommy. How are you? Hi, Angelique. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. I just want to say yeah. it's such an honor to talk to you, you um, to the boxing world. I mean, you what you accomplished was just amazing. You're a great, great fighter. I watched all your fights, and um, I wanted to ask you about your belt. 
I heard um, there's a guy named Ron Scala. Does he Ron still Scala, does he yeah. have yeah, does he have your belts? Did you ever get your belts back? No, I never got them back. Uh but I'm going to. You know, yeah. I got uh I got people that uh uh you know, they're gonna help me get He's them back. He's a very shady yeah, kind of guy, guy, don't you think? Pardon me? <laughs> He's a very shady kind of guy. He's a he's a he's a liar. Yeah, I know. I've had a oh, couple of conversations okay. with him. Yeah, I was just wondering if you were able to get um, your belt back because no, I, know I haven't uh, haven't gotten it back yet. They uh, he said what he said was one of them, uh, but didn't even look the same. You know, uh, he'd made a replica of my original belt. I'm probably going to well, sell it on the internet and all that, but uh, uh, yeah, this guy. Uh, I had a grand opening of a boxing gym here. In, in, uh, well, it was in Wichita, where I uh, just recently moved from about four months ago. He shows up. You know, he's one of them ball hugger kind of people. You know, have my belts laying out on the table for people to see. Uh, gives me some bullshit card, gold champ belt. He says, let me refurbish your belt. He said, I'm not going to charge you a dime. So I'm like, all right. So I gave him my belt. It was the dumbest thing I ever did in my life. Hmm. Anyway, I take him back. I don't know how many weeks went by. About two months went by. And, you know, I called him up and said, listen, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, how long it's supposed to take to refurbish the belt, but there wasn't really uh, much wrong with him. Uh, he's like, I'm not sending them back to you until I took an HIV test, proving that I didn't have it or that I did have it. And I've been dealing with this asshole for, uh, you know, I don't know, six, seven months now. Uh and he will not, uh, hasn't, you know, I, I got to file a police report in Kansas and then also uh, go to uh, Pittsburgh, which is where this asshole lives, and file a police report there uh, before I get anything done. Wow. That's crazy. Incredible. Yeah, that is fucking absolutely crazy. We got uh, Mikey from Florida on the line. Mikey, you're on the line. Hey, what's going on, Tommy? How you doing? What's going on, Mikey? Not much, man. Not much. You getting back into the... Well, actually, I got another question. Before I ask a question, because Mikey, you, if you're on did you give my phone, ex-girlfriend you, aid Mikey, for me? Mikey, 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 Mikey. Are you on speakerphone? Yeah, I'm on a Bluetooth. All right. Can you pick up the regular phone? I can barely hear you. Oh, okay. One second. Ugh. Hello? We can hear you, yeah. Mikey. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Mikey. Go ahead, go ahead, Mikey. All right, Mikey, we're gonna put you back on hold for a second. We're gonna to go to Bob in New Jersey. Bob in New Jersey, you're on the line. Hey, Tommy, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? Just trying to get it hey, together. I'm from Jersey, right? There's a lot of AIDS around here. You were saying that uh, maybe the aliens could help you with that HIV <sighs> telekinetically somehow. Is that possible? I didn't say anything about aliens. Yeah, you said that uh, telekinetically they moved all the pyramids around and stuff like that? No, I'm saying that 
somebody did. I didn't well, say it was alien. Then, was it? Very well, very well could have been. Uh, you know, it wasn't humans, was it? I think. Are you gonna let me speak? Uh, I think humans have the ability uh, to do that. I mean, if you can regrow body limbs, you can damn sure move a rock. Right, well, then they should be able to help you with uh, HIV. They could telekinetically remove it, right? Well, you think? Yeah, the, remove, remove what? It like germs, disease, maybe your dick? Well, may, maybe cancer or something like that that's for real. But I don't know. I don't know too many aliens. Do you? And if you do, I'd love to have their number. <laughs> I agree. We got a buddy, buddy from Florida, on the line. Hey, what's up, champ? How you doing, brother? All right. Hey, I, I was a big fan of yours back in the day. Love Rocky. I remember watching your fight with my it. family against Foreman and uh, get that rushing. I'm gonna be back in the ring for too long. That would be great. Dude. I remember the, I forget the guy's name. The, the Russian dude, you bro, you busted up his ribs pretty bad. Had to stop the fight and shit. I forget his name, but uh, my question was, do you, do you think you could have took Tyson? Because I think you could. Absolutely, absolutely. That was, uh, you know, that was. Uh, I had to play catch up to a lot of these guys. You know, they had international competition, Olympic. Uh, you know, I came from a tough men's circle, which is why. You know, I stayed so active, fighting every two weeks there for about a year and a half, two years, honing my skills. Uh, absolutely. You know, the night that, you think they were, uh, that he fought you think they were let me finish. Hang on. <laughs> the night that uh, it pisses me off when people ask me a question and won't let me answer it. Uh, uh, I can't even remember what I was talking about now. <laughs> Oh, the Tyson thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when he fought Peter McNeely, it was supposed to be me. Uh, Well, I kicked his ass, without a doubt. You know, it would have been a big fight. It would have been huge. Uh, And, yeah, I definitely believe I would have beat him. Awesome. We got Jane from Houston, Texas on the line. Jane, you're on with us. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Tommy. All right, how you doing, darling? Good. You've had quite an impressive career. What I wanted to know is if you could teleport yourself back in time, what would you do differently? Do you have any regrets? You know, after, uh, I don't know, what is it, maybe 96? Uh, after 15 years, yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody that you would do something uh you know, for uh, 32 years of a life, and uh, they wouldn't look back and, you know, and uh, realize that, yeah, I've done a lot of things different. I would have uh, not had so many, I would have uh, not had so many people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, you get these ball hugger people, the entourage, you know, people are all there trying to get a crumb ball off the table, you know. Mhm. But I, at that time, I didn't really care about any of that stuff because I I had my own stuff to worry about. You know, I had to stay focused, and you know what was going on around me. I really didn't pay that much attention to. 
Now, Tommy, I got a real quick uh, Rocky Five question. Do you still have the uh, Tommy Gun jacket, the blue and white jacket? Do you still have that? You know what? It's somewhere in my storage. I haven't seen it in years. But yeah, I I, uh, I believe I do still have that jacket. Um, all right, we got Mikey back from Florida. Mikey, maybe we can hear you this time. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for letting me come back. Oh, much better. I was just wondering, Tommy, I have a real bitch ex-girlfriend. If I give you her address, can you give her AIDS for me? I can't stand her. Her mom, give her mom AIDS for me. Uh, you know, that was, her uh, mom called my probation officer. That was a really fucked up thing you just said. First yeah. of all, I don't have AIDS, dude. Uh, you need to educate yourself before you call in on programs like this, uh, or, or otherwise you, you you know you sound like a fucking idiot. Huh? I agree. You really kind of did sound like an asshole. Uh, yeah. Chris from I mean, Hawaii. What kind of question is that? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Chris you from Hawaii. Put a good question. Aloha, Chris. Hey, how's it going, Tommy? I'm doing all right, man. Hey, what's going on, country boy? Uh, not much, bro. Just wondering, man, you going to be a Fight Night Champion, too, for EA Sports? Yeah, I'm supposed to be. I already went out and did, uh, uh, you know, they're doing, uh, like, behind-the-scenes type stuff. I already yeah, went out and did my yeah, filming that was, that was and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be inside, in uh, On with Rocky and uh, in the prison, you know, a little stay in prison. It's pretty cool, bro. So, uh... Uh, do you have any plans on fighting soon, or what? Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah, I, I do. But, uh, you know, at this particular juncture, I really don't want to say where it's going to be because then I have to deal with Lukanoff and uh, them running up there, uh, you know, uh, doing the same thing they always did, right? Right. So, but yeah, uh, probably uh, I would say the end of October, early November. Hey, so what do you think about that bullshit about Hay running his mouth for two years, you know, wanting to fight Kalisco, and when he got in there, he didn't do shit? Well, you know? I mean, that, that's how you promote yourself. I never, I never was impressed with David Hay. You know, I think he's uh, basically a puffed-up cruiserweight. <laughs> Uh, Klitschko, I would love to fight that guy. I got the, I got the combination. You know, anybody that's ever went out there and uh, came at him and, and fought him has knocked him out. You know, you go out there, uh, you know, and uh, first of all, you're scared, so you're running, run off the bat. Uh, you know, running, and, you know, he's going to, you know, the long jab, and uh, he's going to dissect you. And generally, he's going to get you if you fight his fight. But if you don't fight his fight, you go out and you get in his ass, uh, like Ross Purity and uh, uh, Corey Sanders. You know, Correct. those big guys are used to uh, being forced into a into uh, a fight in the first or second round. Uh-huh. You know, they they got to go out there and move around five six rounds before they. Uh, you know, before they find the range. Uh, but it's hard to find range when you're 
uh, on someone's chest, breaking their ribs. And that's exactly what I... I don't think Klitschko would go two rounds with me. I agree. I agree. Tommy Moore is yeah. my favorite boxer of all time. We got... Uh, hold on. There's a bunch of calls here for you. Tony from South Dakota. Tony, you're on the line. Hey, Duke. What's going on? What's going on, brother? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know what, though? All right. I had a really bad sore throat once, so I can really sympathize on the whole AIDS thing. The whole AIDS thing? I, well, let me yeah, explain I had a really bad sore throat. Who would win the fight, though? AIDS. You? Who would win the fight with you, AIDS uh, or Magic Johnson? Oh. Well, let me, let me give you a little info on that. Magic yeah. Johnson was somebody that they... The establishment pharmaceutical company paid him $60 million uh, to say he had it and to promote uh, their antiviral drugs. I think they were planning on coming to me for that uh, also, but, you know, I was one of those guys who was completely uh, off the end of the spectrum. So that's so you think, what's they, going on you think there. they paid Magic Johnson $60 million of to pay the franchise? Absolutely. Wow. Paid him $60 million. He quit basketball. Opened, I don't know, eight or, you know, 10 or 12 movie theaters all over. Uh, you know, what do you think he got that money? He got it from them. They paid him $60 million uh, to promote their agenda. Now, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, the. The layman person, uh, meaning the guy on the street, uh, they, you know, they, they have no concept or no education. Do you think that Magic Johnson actually has HIV or AIDS? No. Or they just paid Hell no, he didn't have, have HIV. He didn't have HIV. Uh, you know, shit, the guy's health as he's ever been. But wow. this, uh, this country is... Uh, uh, it was founded on religious principles, but maintained by deceit. I mean, nobody tells the truth, especially our government. Well, we got a couple of people are dying to talk to you before we let you go. We got Darren from upstate New York. Darren, you're on the line. Hey, Tommy, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing good. Hey, I just want to throw it out there. I'm a boxing writer. I've been doing writing for a while now, and I've been covering the whole Morrison saga for some time. And I want to verify what Tommy's saying here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been trying to contact Dr. Gallo and his staff myself for several months now, and it's impossible to get two simple answers. Can I have an HIV virus test, and uh, can I see a photograph or some proof of the actual virus? And uh, I've got no response either, so Tommy's on, on point with that. Really, you know, I would love to do. Uh, I would love to do an interview with you if you don't mind. Oh, Absolutely, Tommy. Yahoo. But uh, I, I went down to Montreal when uh, the Duke was supposed to fight Eric Barak back in February. <laughs> I went down there. I met with you briefly, Tommy. I went down to watch you knock out Barak, and as we yeah. all know, it, it didn't happen. They shut you down. But I want to put it out there, and I've said this before. I'd be. I'm, I'm afraid to get in the ring with Tommy Morrison, but it's not for fear of catching HIV. It's for fear of that left hook. Yeah. Well, because again, Tommy Morrison uh, looked like he could knock out a mule. 
Well, and again, you, you can't you can't give somebody that something that doesn't exist, guys. Uh, people always sell right over that, even though you tell them HIV does not exist. Just like uh, uh, you know those uh, horses uh, with wings don't exist. Well, it depends on how much drugs you've taken, but. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> We got two more calls for you, real quick. So I know we're on limited time okay. here. We got to wrap things up, and uh, they've been waiting forever. Hey, uh, Sorry about everyone else. Uh, who was the guy I was just speaking to? We if actually have one hold. I want to tell him. I want to. I want to say something to him. Uh, okay. You know, I'd like to do uh, an interview with you, and you can uh, you can get a hold of us at uh, uh, what? Tell me the Morrison at Yahoo dot com if you're still listening. Uh, we'll because we'll I pass think, it along uh, to him as well. Okay. We have him on hold to All pass right. him along. All right. Two more questions. Uh, we have Jennifer from Chicago. Jennifer from Chicago, you are on. Up. Oh, hold on one second. There we go. Jennifer from Chicago, you're on the line. Jennifer. Mr. Morrison. Yes, ma'am. How you doing? How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Um, can you tell us any famous actors or actresses that you banged? And are you still sporting a mullet? <laughs> no, I'm not sporting a <laughs> mullet. And uh, I, I would uh, prefer to keep that in my hat, thanks. <laughs> good so question, though. Yeah, this is a good question. You're not going to give any dirt, anyone famous that you banged in your day? No, shit, no. I'm not going to talk about that sort of thing. Okay. Well, we got one more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell me afterwards. I'm dying to know. Uh, We got Shawnee. Uh, Shawnee from Boston. He's a regular caller. He's got a speech impediment, so bear with him. Yeah, just be patient. Um, Tommy, I I know I know that uh, the 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 TV show my my two dads was based on on your relationship with your your two dads, uh, Jim. In, in vans, um, how, how did it make, make you feel that they they they, they put put a girl in, in the role as you? I mean, I I would find that pretty pretty insulting. Okay. Well, I, I don't. Uh, I have absolutely zero uh, information about what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're uh, what you're even talking about there, brother. It sounds like uh, you need to chill out and uh, uh, quit drinking battery acid or something. (laughs) (laughs) And we got one more, Steve from New York. Steve, you're on the line. Hey, Tommy, huge fan of yours. I was just wondering. um, I'm a little concerned because I had a sore throat the other day. This guy's just copying the other guy. Jesus Christ! You had, you had right, well, on that on that note. Nah, he he was just copying another caller that was on before. So that was oh, just, okay, great. What a bogus question! So, crazy Tommy the Duke Morrison. Yeah, Tommy the Duke Morrison. Where can people reach you for more information about everything we talked about tonight? Uh, Tommy the Duke Morrison at Yahoo dot com. Okay, uh, you on Facebook or Twitter or anything? Uh. I'm on Facebook, but uh, uh, I don't get on there a lot. I mean, 
But my wife does, so, you know. Your wife who does not have AIDS. Or, or HIV. HIV. No, she doesn't have AIDS. She doesn't have anything. Exactly. You know, AIDS, is, let me explain something one more time. HIV and AIDS are two completely, uh, well, one doesn't exist at all. Uh, now, AIDS is, uh, you know, that's a, a for real deal. I mean, that's like depleted blood. People, you know, their blood's so fucked up that, uh, you know, uh, it's depleted, basically. But HIV does not exist. And you you cannot give, let me finish, and you cannot give somebody something that doesn't exist, or even if it did exist. I test this day before yesterday. You cannot give somebody something that you don't have. And people that put HIV and AIDS in the same category uh, obviously are people that uh, that believe what they read. I mean, AIDS is a syndrome. It's for real. HIV is something that was created through the media uh, and through the TV. Plain and simple, in the story, and it pisses me off when people come at me with that shit. Yep, I, I I understand why. All right. But Tommy, yeah. Morrison, we Tom, thank you for the three thank time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the interview tonight. Absolutely. Anyone who wants to get a hold of you, Tommy the Duke Morrison at yahoo.com. You can also search on him for Facebook. His wife goes on there, so I'm sure if you send him a message on there, I'm sure it'll get to him. Yep. And thank you so much, Tommy, for coming right, on the guys. show tonight. All right, I keep in touch, my friend. Right. To everybody except two people that were morons. Um, hey, what are you gonna do? Right, exactly. exactly. So, All right, thanks again, Tommy. We'll take care. Keep in touch, man. Take you care. guys have a good. Uh, you guys have a good evening. God bless. You too, Tommy the Duke Morrison. Wow, definitely has a unique perspective on the whole uh, HIV/AIDS thing. I'm saying, uh, I, I'm just blown away. I don't know what to say. I mean, he just claimed that Magic Johnson got paid sixty million dollars to basically to say he had AIDS. Say he had HIV. I think it was. Oh, HIV. Yeah. Excuse me. Wow, blown away. Wow. Well, 